Here's some uh, confetti for you. <laughs> Just puts you in the holiday spirit, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> sure does. Hello, friends, and uh, welcome in to this, the 185th edition of Fusebox, curiously entitled, Who Are We? And uh, we shall endeavor to explore that question, among uh, other things, on this installment of the program. I am your measured by volume, not by weight, host, Mark Rose. And over there, looking uh, uh, dashing in his gold lame mucklucks, is the Monsignor of the Meters, uh, Milt Kane, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. So, uh, you got uh, big plans for the holidays, Mr. Kane's? supposed to go see Marcy's family in Denver. At least that was the plan. Oh, oh cool. You're going to take in a little skiing then? Have you met me? <laughs> Hell no. Well, I don't know about Marcy and her folks, but uh, I'd be just fine riding the ski lift back and forth. I don't look forward to breaking a femur or nine. <laughs> so you're not a big fan of the slopes then? Well, if by slopes you Racing down the side of an icy hill at 50 miles an hour with a pair of sticks strapped to your feet and then crashing headlong into a pine tree, then no. Not a fan. I see. What about you? Well, hey, I, I can just picture you in those uh, yellow-orange tinted snow goggles and a pair of oven mitts tearing down the side of a mountain, man. You've been microdosing again, haven't you? <laughs> well, you know what? I did uh, the uh, cross-country thing once, uh, badly, but I did enjoy the chaos of the snowmobile. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that was actually my favorite part, to be honest. Well, I hadn't pictured you as a kind of snow-blind evil Knievel. You know, when I lived in that, uh, uh, that, uh, yeah, down there in that area. Yeah, that uh, that place down there. I had a friend who uh, owned a couple of wave runners, you know, and uh, we would take them out on occasion. Uh, th- what those are is just, you know, basically water-bound snowmobiles, and uh, that was really enjoyable. Not particularly environmentally considerate, but uh, fun as hell. Huh, you learn something every day. Yeah, and at the present time, yeah, it doesn't really appeal to me at all. Well, that's probably a good idea. I mean, at your advanced age, you could have a, you know, stroke or maybe just explode unexpectedly. I mean, I read about it all the time. Oh, yeah, man. It just—it comes with this fast lane lifestyle I lead, you know? Look, I know the risks of extreme lounging, but uh, you only live once, and you got to grab all the gusto you can, right? Can I get an amen? Brilliant. So, uh, we've posed a question at the top of the show, friends, and uh, it's a valid one. Uh, Our present day 
is seemingly filled with what uh, appears to be a carnival mirror version of reality. Dead people returning to life to run for office. Alleged family trees so bizarre and misshapen that they look like something from a Salvador Dali painting. More dead guys at the controls engineering election fraud. And uh, rabid MAGA hat-wearing lunatics trying to topple democracy, all the while claiming they're fighting for freedom. Yeah, that last bit actually happened. Yes, actually happened. Yeah, so a couple of things have uh, occurred lately to cause me to reflect on that question. And uh, I'm going to elaborate. Well, you mean rant? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I shall elaborate on uh, a couple of things that uh, struck me recently. Do tell. And I shall, Mr. Keynes, I shall. Right following this break for holiday cheer. To see how it works, please watch the screen. TheFuseBoxShow.com From us and ours to you and yours, but not them and theirs. Happy Holidays from Fusebox. Us and ours? Them and theirs? Well, sweetie, that doesn't make a... Mom, what, what are you doing here? I came to give you your Christmas sweater from Aunt Janine. Well, I'm, I'm kind of kind of busy here mom but 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 thanks uh why why does santa look like a brain dead zombie because it's the holiday sweetie Fuse box. you know we've discussed this uh, a few times on the show before but i was reminded by a uh, recent email from the good folks at Sound Exchange. Um, oh, and if you're not uh, familiar with this organization, and uh, if you produce any musical content, or any content, really, for uh, broadcast and or streaming services of any variety, including satellites, you should, without delay, acquaint yourselves with them. As a backstory, um, as, as, as many know, I co-produced with uh, my buddy Gerald McQuinn uh, a, a radio series in the early 1980s called Dry Smoke and Whispers Radio Theater. And we syndicated this puppy to about 40 to 50 markets before taking a break from it. And uh, there were about 21 half-hour programs uh, in that initial batch, and we continued to send them out on occasion when, uh, you know, folks wrote and... Wrote? Yes, that's right. Sent a letter (laughs) requesting to run the show somewhere. But uh, flash forward a little bit to 2002 or thereabouts, and I was contacted by the folks at XM Satellite Radio looking to run the shows on their platform. And we thought that was just outstanding, Uh, as did our colleagues, the Firesign Theater, who were also being courted by this group. And if you don't know about them, please look them up. Link in the show notes for you uh, uninitiated out there. Yeah. Not only did we think uh, that this was a really grand idea, but we went ahead and started to produce new content for this uh, platform. 
And uh, all fully knowing at the time that we were giving these shows away for the uh, exposure value. Now, the fire sign guys smelled a rat early on and uh, bowed out. XM was going to actually set them up uh, with their own channel, I believe. But we, on the other hand, were just, you know, placed on the radio drama channel, which actually for us proved to be fabulous as we were heard four times a day for months. <laughs> four times a day? Oh, 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 so they had a quarterly clock. Well, yeah, exactly. They, they're, um, because they're a satellite, their programming uh, repeated every four hours based on time zones. Sometimes that actually would extend to eight-hour blocks, uh, like on weekends, for instance, or, or other times. Well, that's a bunch of plays, bro. Man, we were in rotation, as they used to say. Well, this was all good and grand, and frankly, uh, we were happy that the, the, the show was being heard again and that uh, we had new stuff in the pipe and uh, never once were thinking, you know, well, you know, we really should get paid for this and all that. We were looking down the road for a potential franchise thing or something to come out of it like that. Something tells me there was a band in the river, yeah? Yeah, there surely was. But unlike a band that uh, delivers you to a treacherous rapids filled with piranha carrying hatchets while on fire, this bend was a fortuitous one. <laughs> well, at least for us. <laughs> Not so sure about XM. See, I received an email from this group called Sound Exchange, which said, and I'm paraphrasing here, Hello, producer person. We understand that you produce a show for XM Satellite Radio, and, well, we'd just like to verify a few things if you don't mind. Then they proceeded to uh, double-check the usual, you know, name a show, how many episodes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they said then, Thanks for all this info. We'll be in touch. Well, unbeknownst to uh, most of us programmers, the folks at Sound Exchange had a uh, trick or nine up their sleeves to ensure that lowly producers such as us were not being used by the satellite platform uh, to generate revenues for them. Which they were. Which they were. Because they ran ads. Yeah, that didn't go well for them. Went great for us. We ended up getting a check from Sound Exchange covering broadcast royalties for over two years of plays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Most money either Gerald or I had ever seen from a broadcast property. <laughs> yeah, right around that time they were in talks with uh, Sirius, the other satellite outfit, and then... Uh ultimately merged. Yeah, which uh, then resulted in a raft, unfortunately, of uh, other suits. Uh, not <laughs> not from us, of course. But uh, in the end, they totally removed the radio drama channel and replaced it with an audiobook channel. Yeah, which they also had to pay for. Indeed, indeed. So, all of this to say that a recent email from uh, our folks over there at Sound Exchange announced their next big step <laughs> is to go after AMFM Radio, who, despite these ASCAP and BMI licenses stations have to pay for, 
there is still a vast chasm filled with folks not being compensated for their work. Still. Those are the the, uh, cats behind the AMFA, right? Correcto, Mr. Keynes. The American Music Fairness Act, which is legislation introduced this year that uh, aims to get royalties to working musicians. And here's my point, okay? We live in a society right now where it's expected by many that everything, especially musical works, it would seem, should just be for fun and for free. There is actually a public groan when somebody asks to be compensated for an album representing many, many hours of work and a tireless effort to support. By the way, forcing many artists, really, to, uh, to uh, deliver on that expectation by uh, posting their work on some band-related website that, by the way, also feeds from their output and, in some cases, even charges them for the privilege to be on that site, a kind of musical extortion with the uh, premise of being heard by millions. Well, you know, not all those sites are parasites, though. No, you're right, Mr. Keynes, not all. But in my research, there are more uh, pay-to-play-oriented sites than just the park-it-here ones. Now, my analogy is this. To all these folks who believe that a musician should just be grateful for all the ears that listen to them and go ahead... Give it away as a kind of societal door prize. I'd like you to consider your job. Hopefully, you have one. I'd like you to consider that maybe next Friday, your boss comes to you and says, Carl, we've decided that all of your activity and hard work here should be given to the company as a gift from you. So, we've decided to not pay you anymore. How long do you think you'd keep that job? Yeah, but if you're a musician, you you just might suck it up. Eh, for a while. Until you can't keep the lights burning or gas in your 73 AMC Pacer. It's just not ethical, at the very least. If you value what you're getting, pay for it. That's the society we actually live in. There are a ton of artists out there giving it away, bro. I think there's a a site called uh, freemusic.net or .com or something. Yeah, I know. I know. Because for many, the idea of not being heard at all is just not acceptable. And many will decide to uh, freely contribute their work just to be out there, quote, end quote. That's all I'm saying is, look, when you reach that threshold of reality to make-believe, yeah, you'll get frustrated. And a little resentful on the side. So, uh, what's the answer then? Well, I think the answer is the AMFA. Support the AMFA. And support your working musician, too. Now, just to balance this out, I'm not saying that that those folks who have really no aspirations beyond writing something and putting it out there for friends or whoever, hey, it's your time and effort, and you are free To do what you want, of course. Saw what you did there. Master of continuity, man. I'm telling you. Master. So, who are we? Well, some of us are just self-serving schmucks. 
Okay, this next bit actually has a wonderful outcome, but uh, it starts out in a kind of ugly way. As uh, you might expect, friends, the recent alt-right activities that we've all been witnessing in recent years is in no way limited to the United States of awesome, as our buddy Jeff Pollard would say. This uh, particular story comes to me by a chap I absolutely love to follow on the tube of you. He's an electronic music composer by the name of Heinbach. Uh, I've linked to his channel, so you can uh, check him out if you'd like. Uh, He's a really nice guy. The story takes place originally in the German city of Halle, where in uh, 2017, a right-wing terrorist streamed his uh, attempted shooting of innocent people attending a synagogue. He didn't get into the synagogue, luckily, but he still did murder two people on the street in front of it. And uh, more and more of this behavior, uh, as we know, has been seen all around the world since and even before that. So, at present, a highly nationalistic and alt-right type of group has established itself in Germany and, as as a matter of fact, is the second most popular party there. Uh, Well, I'll let Heinbach himself set this up. The Impulse Festival in Halle is a festival for new music, neue Musik, avant-garde. It has been going on for a few years and it was home for many composers to put out their new pieces. In the past two years it came under scrutiny by the far right-wing party AfD, who did not like being criticized by pieces that were performed there. So they did something that's pretty unheard of in all of German politics. They put the festival in their party program with the stated goal of defunding it should they be elected. Instead of this non-patriotic affair that they saw the festival to be, they wanted to put in something that would emphasize the Germanness and the German nationality and they wanted to fund a neo-folk ensemble. I kid you not. What might seem funny is not funny at all when you realize that the AfD is the second biggest party in Saxony. The CDU, which is the party of Angela Merkel, took over some of the ideas from the far right, such as defunding the festival in advance of the election. So the AfD got the result. The festival was defunded. Holy carp, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. See, that's the difference, though, between the U.S.-based MAGA hatters and the European variety. Here, they actually couldn't pronounce the festival's name, so they just leave it alone. Yeah, it better have gut-darn initials, because all that fancy sound and stuff just gives us a headache. Yeah, it's the same kind of pig wind. <laughs> that's resulting in these ridiculous... Uh, Anti-abortion laws popping up in many states. Uh, Control. It's always about control. Well, anyway, Heinbach here decided to make lemonade from these lemon heads. But first, they had to get the festival back up. But private sponsors saw what was happening and said, this can't, (laughs) this can't be. So they stepped in and footed the bill so the festival could happen, if a bit more improvised than before. That's right. The sponsors did a big middle finger salute to the FID and said, we'll step in right here and remedy this right now. 
Here's where Heinbach's composition to the festival came uh, into be as well. He decided that uh, a theme for his contribution to the festival would be hate speech. Ewan collected the hate they'd gotten from the party program of the IFD, speeches in Parliament and private hate mail the head curator Hans Rotman had received. Hans read the hate mail himself and wherever we couldn't get the original audio from the politician, professional voice actors stepped in or staff of the festival. And I made a collage out of that that I then put onto tape machine. <laughs> so what the chap did was really interesting. He created these giant magnetic tape loops of hate speech and uh, set up these Byzantine pathways for the loop of tape to travel. Kind of like a uh, cat's cradle-looking affair, right? So along the way, just under the tape itself in various locations along that circuitous path, he placed knives and sandpaper and uh, any manner of abrasive items designed specifically to wear down the magnetic tape very gradually. So what you end up with is this decay of the audio track, and hence, of the speech itself. That's a pretty damn cool idea, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on his channel, uh, linked, as I said, in the show notes... You can see this wonderful uh, statement in action. So I haven't come after him yet? Uh, no, sir, they have not, and it would be a serious disservice to them if they did. You idiots. Taking your hateful, raging hate of rageful hate and rage out on a musician? I think your jackboots are cutting off the blood supply to your brain. So, who are we? Sometimes. We're courageous folks fighting hate without violence. The Fagursky Journal. Friends, I want to close out this program with something uh, we're calling the Fagursky Journal. And uh, if you were uh, with us, on the last episode, uh, I was chatting about this delightful project I'm honored to be a part of, and that is the radio adaptation of Richard Holton's premier hypertext novel, Fagursky at Findhorn on Acid. Now, this is a premier piece of absurdist literature that uh, lives completely in the digital domain could only be read on a computer at the time and featured 2001 hyperlinks that took you to uh, various subplots, destinations, background information, and uh, assorted other things when you clicked on them, which, of course, resulted in, a, in myriad outcomes for any particular scene or chapter. Well, our buddy uh, from uh, Washington State University, John Barber, and uh, his uh, outfit called Reimagined Radio took on the task of adapting at least a part of this uh, sprawling cyber saga for radio, and hence, we have this wonderful, absurdist outcome. Now, we have begun uh, tracking all the characters at this point and have uh, all but the man himself, Frank Figursky, to uh, record. That role is being played by our uh, longtime friend and collaborator, Sam A. Mowry, a voice you have heard on this particular program many times. 
And uh, we'll have some choice bits from him on the next show. But on this page of the journal, here's an excerpt of what's happening on stage at a Friday night sharing in Findhorn, where the antics of a uh, mechanical pig are being described by Shauna, one of the two Findhorn ambassadors. He opened a can of Spam from the refreshment table and spooned some into the pig's mouth. He turned controls on the pig's side and it began to shoot slowly with some of the kind of Spam squishing out and dribbling down the shin. Then he worked other controls and the pig defecated all the mushy spam right there on the stage. Oh, it was quite the grand finale. <laughs> Good thing he thought to put newspaper down on the polished wood first. How the hell do you follow that? And uh, you don't. <laughs> With that clicking and whirring and a little pig grunt on the side, We'll take our automaton swine and uh, scurry back down the air duct, but not before thanking our contributors to this thrilling edition of Fusebox, Rob Askew, Patricia Blem, Jeff Pollard, and Mago Weston. Thanks as well to Heinbach for fighting the good fight. Yeah. Find him at the uh, link in the uh, show notes there. And thanks to the always willing to take one, perhaps eleven, for the team, the Deacon of Dials, Milt Keynes for technical assistance and so forth and so on. A porktacular pleasure, as always. <laughs> Did you come up with that all by yourself? I have a little help. Yeah? Yeah, a mug of vodka. <laughs> okay. Well, friends, as always, uh, thanks to you for pushing play on this edition of the show. We know... You could be polishing the quills of your pet porcupine, but no, you've decided to spend it with us, and uh, we appreciate that. They could be multitasking. They could indeed. I hear that's what the youngins do. <laughs> hey, and while you're uh, being all multitasky and shit, why don't you uh, mash that subscribe button and give us an 11 star rating while you're there? Sure would appreciate all that activity. Mm-hmm. And since, uh, well, you know, it's that time of year again, why not make someone in your life giggle with joy by uh, surprising them with something from the Fusebox store? What? You haven't heard of the Fusebox store? Well, let Eddie here tell you how to find it. Hey, it's as simple as pie. You go to thefuseboxshow.com and click on the shopping tab. And like flippin' magic, there you are. Oh, and if you're one of those book of face folks, click on the Shop Now button on the Fusebox Show Facebook page. Okay? Also, quick as a bunny, there you go. Enough said. And it's so good for you. Not at all bad for us, either. I have been your flat-foot floozy with the floy-floy host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon.